Beginning in verse number 1, Acts chapter 6, verse number 1. I'll be reading from the NIV. In those days when the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. This proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Also Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly. And a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. Look at that. A large number of priests became obedient to the faith. Now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed great wonders and signs among the people. Opposition arose, however, from members of the synagogue of the freedmen, as it was called. Jews of Cyrene and Alexandria, as well as the province of Cilicia and Asia, who began to argue with Stephen. But they could not stand up against the wisdom the Spirit gave him as he spoke. Then they secretly persuaded some men to say, We have heard Stephen speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. So they stirred up the people and the elders and the teachers of the law. They seized Stephen and brought him before the Sanhedrin. They produced false witnesses who testified this fellow never stopped speaking against this holy place and against the law hmm. we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and change the customs Moses handed down to us all who were sitting in the Sanhedrin looked intently at Stephen and they saw that his face was like the face of an angel the title of this message is the first problem in the early church. The first problem in the early church. One of the things that I am convinced of is that if you are a part of the church, you're going to have problems. Problems in the church should not cause people necessarily to leave the church and go to another church because there's going to be problems in that church as well. Running from problems is not the problem that you should be running from. But working through the problem is what you should be working to and through. 
cannot have a God-fearing church and not have problems in the body or in the church. If people today are saying, I don't want to go to that church because of who is there or because people that go there are sinners, then you have missed why Jesus came. He came to save sinners and to be the head of the church that is founded upon his word. In Acts chapter 6, we see the first problem that the early church had to address. It did not focus on the spiritual teaching of the church. That was not the first problem that the first church, the early church first ran into. It wasn't because they were saying, y'all ain't preaching the word of God. That wasn't the first problem. But the problem raised was on food and material things. That was the first problem that surfaced in the church. Whenever God is moving in the ministry, Satan is going to do whatever he can to stop the work by whatever means possible. We also see in chapter 6 the first appointment of deacons. Although they are not called deacons here by, at this time by name, but the first deacons are first introduced to us in Acts chapter 6. Their responsibility is to serve. And they are commissioned here first in Acts 6. Acts chapter 6, as I said, is the shortest chapter in the book of Acts. The chapter that also introduces the first martyr. My goodness, all in this short chapter. The first problem we find. <clears throat> the shortest book we noted. The problem that first deals with food. And the book that introduces the person that's going to first die for their faith. We are introduced to a person by the name of Stephen. And he is one of the seven men chosen to serve in the daily distribution of food. We also see in future sermons, we'll see in future sermons, that as the first witness, it was this witness of Stephen and the martyr, him being the first martyr, that led to the spread of the church outside of Jerusalem in a massive way. The word witness in the Greek the word witness, when you say, I want to be a witness for the Lord. You know when you say that? The word comes from the Greek. That word means martyr. That's what the word witness means. A person who wants to die for their faith or is willing to die for their faith. So when you say, Lord, help me to be a witness for you, you got a big smile on your face. That means, Lord, I'm willing to die for you. Last week I told you that God is not sharing his glory with anybody, but yet one thing he's willing to share, and that's his suffering. Yeah. People want to be seen, want all the glory, but do you not know that it's through the service that God sees you? It's through the, the act of service that God recognizes you. People want to jump to the top. Jump to the top of the pyramid and be seen. But do you not know you got to start at the bottom and build up before you get to the top? 
The first point that we are going to look at today is the complaint about the distribution of food. The complaint about the distribution of food in Acts 1 and 2. Right at the time when the church is experiencing, experiencing growth and the work of the ministry is being blessed by the Holy Spirit, we hear of a complaint. Notice that the complaint is not from the group about the spiritual needs, but about materialistic needs. Note also that the complaint does not come from the widows themselves, the ones that are being said to be the ones suffering. It comes from others. There are two groups that are mentioned, the Hellenists and the Hebraic Jews. The Hellenistic Jews were Jews that spoke Greek. The Hebraic Jews were those that spoke, spoke Hebrew. So the Greek-speaking Jewish people raised objection in how the daily distribution of food was being conducted. We don't know if it was from a language barrier that they just didn't understand, but the problem is raised. And something that I hadn't seen before when I was reading this. And that is, when you look at the distribution, I hadn't just yet made, I hadn't made this connection initially. And that is, do you remember when people were selling their houses and lands and bringing the money to the apostles and putting it at the apostles' feet? There was a distribution so that the Bible says there was no need at that time in the body. So that those who had less or those who had whatever, it was speaking about people of their own free accord coming and being willing to sell and to give to help the body of Christ. There was growth taking place. It wasn't out of, they didn't have to do it. If they weren't, you know, out of compulsion, they of their own free will says this is what we just want to do. And so when I look at this passage here, I'm thinking it was from the giving that had come earlier from the apostles, those that had laid gifts at the apostles so that there were needs being met. That's my belief. So I hadn't seen this. Oh, where were they getting it from? Possibly because of what was coming earlier. Now, the problem that's raised is not brushed over by the apostles. But they do something very, very interesting. They call together all of the other disciples or the believers, and they bring them together. And they tell them that we as apostles have been commissioned by Jesus Christ to do that which is primary to our calling. And that is the preaching and teaching of the word and prayer. What we have before us, while it may be important, it is not our responsibility nor job for us to carry out and to do right now. We have something that God has called us to do. And if we distract and take away from what we're to do, we're going to not be in our calling. And so what we want you to do, we want you, people that are serving God, we want you to choose people that are honest. We want them to have character. Now, let me not say that you're, but first, we want them to be people of character. 
Oftentimes, we will look past character in a minute and choose a person simply because they raise their hands. Character makes a difference in the body of Christ. God has a way of being able to change character, but character makes a difference. They must be full of the Holy Spirit. Just because a person wants to serve does not mean they are to serve in that particular position. There were requirements that were served. And guess what? This was a requirement for serving food. Administering materialistic things. Food, think about it. Think about it. Think about it. There was a complaint that came and said, man, we, we, we are being treated unfairly. The enemy wants the word of God to not be preached. And the apostle says, okay, this is not what we're called to do. You all handle this. Look what happens. Let me just say this. This matter is not tossed to just whosoever. How do we know that they had to be individuals who had been in the word of God? How do we know that that was one of the requirements, that they were people that were in the Word of God? Because it says they had to be full of the Holy Spirit. And you can't be full of the Holy Spirit if you're not in the Word. You have to be in the Word of God in order to be full of the Holy Spirit. Oh, it doesn't mean that you don't have lapses from time to time. But if the whole time, they say months and weeks, are always going by, and you live in the Word of God, mm, that's not going to be a powerful, a powerful life nor a spirit-filled life. Today, we simply want people to raise their hand and say, will you serve? Yes, that's important because God wants willing people. When a pe person gets into the body of Christ, there are certain things that needs to be done. But it does require that a person knows the Lord. even in, this, in the service of waiting on tables, required that there was, they were honest and full of the Holy Spirit. Satan's primary, his primary task is to keep the Word of God from going forward. And right at the beginning of the church going forward, Satan came to try to stop the work of the Lord. He came and brought division. It doesn't make a difference really what the problem is Oftentimes there's motivation behind it, and Satan is that one that's kind of pushing and, 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 and making sure that things are kind of stirred up. That's his task. That's his job. There are a lot of people on the sidelines throwing stones. Some who don't, who, some who don't go to church are throwing stones. Some who complain but won't make themselves spiritually available to serve as required by the Scripture. They're throwing stones. But service involves more than just performing an act. It requires a spirit-filled life. All of the men that were selected had been selected by the larger disciples. And their lives had been examined. There was an examination for those that were serving food. <laughs> they were chosen based on their lifestyle. Then they were prayed over. 
Look how serious this matter is. The disciple says, we've got a problem. Now here's something to keep in mind. If you just put a person in the position that wants to serve, there could be a problem with ego. Because a little bit of authority can go a long way. They think that they are in charge of people then. You have to do what I tell you to do. Because <laughs> I'm in charge of this. But they chose men because they knew that with this, this service came a, 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 a responsibility that if not handled correctly, it would produce another problem. And the disciples had to have people in charge that they didn't have to worry about. So they had to be spirit-filled. They had to have people, they had to be people of integrity and good character. And they had to be respected by those people that were on the outside. People that don't have a good character on the outside, there's an influence that happens on the inside of the body of Christ. People are looking. They so don't look at me, just look at Jesus. No, they can look at you. They should look at you. Now, 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 one of the things that happens, and sometimes people just make the wrong conclusion, if you see a person out at 1.30 in the morning going to somebody's house, you're going to have things running through your mind, and you just might be wrong. <laughs> might just be wrong. But your mind starts wondering, mm, I saw so-and-so at 1.30 in the morning. You don't know? And there go your mind. I ain't done. <laughs> However, it may give cause for concern and pause to say, hmm, they went to that person's house at 1.30 in the morning. Now, I know something about that person. So to be going to that person's house makes me go, hmm, <laughs> Character makes a difference in the body of Christ. And so the disciples chose seven men and brought them to the apostles who prayed over them. And their responsibility was to not only administer a service to the widows, it was to do it with such diligence that there would be no question that, that question that there would be unfairness in the process. No question that unfairness would come about. Deacons. You'll see that further in Paul's letters when he begins to outline the responsibilities and duties of the deacon. But we are first introduced to the deacons right here. And the deacon's job is to serve. The job oftentimes is many. They rarely get a lot of, uh, of, not support, but recognition. It's not a job of glamour, but it's a job that is so necessary in the body of Christ. Person says, no, I, 
I want to do this, because that seems to be a job that's more important. But I tell you, that job that oftentimes seems to be under the radar are the most important jobs to helping the church function and move on. And so they choose these seven men, and the apostles laid their hands on them. When the Bible talks about the laying on of hands, there is a, 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 a separation that is taking place, and there is an anointing that, that the disciples are often praying over, or the apostles are praying over those that they lay their hands on. It is a setting apart for God's exclusive use. When you look at Leviticus chapter 19, verses 1 and 2, you will see that God says, uh, Tell my people to be holy, because I, the Lord your God, am holy. When you talk about God's holiness, that means there is a setting apart for God's own use. When these seven men are set apart, they are set apart for God's exclusive use to do the best job right where they are. And then we come and Stephen is then even further singled out because the Spirit of God was mightily at work in his life. Commitment to the responsibility to which you have been called is no small matter. You don't have the luxury of being unfaithful saying, I only do this in the church. What God has called you to do is a great responsibility. The apostles said that for them, they must focus on the preaching of the word of God and to prayer. That's what Jesus had called them to do. When I look at those in rest homes and other places, it is the body of Christ that should be going there. Not necessarily the pastor going. Do you know that oftentimes the pastor, oh, the pastor going to go do it. I'm talking about pastors in general. Do you not know that it is the job of the flock to go out and to do that? Do you not know the primary job of the pastor is to preach and to teach and then help those to go out to do the work? That is the primary responsibility. Oh, I know in all small, small churches a lot of times, oftentimes the pastor will do a lot, but it happens in big churches too. There's a work to be done so that when you go to any place and you go visit somebody says, I'm from the church. And this morning I was glad to hear Sister Jackie call. Said, you know, I know that Sister Connie wasn't at church last week. I'm going to sing her out just because she called. hope she don't mind. Well, if she does, it's too bad I'm saying it anyway. <laughs> and then she said, no, Pastor, don't. But she called and said, I noticed Sister Jackie wasn't at church. I didn't know she needed a ride. I don't have her number. I'm willing to pick her up. I said, wow, look at this. And it was early, too, when she called. I sent her a text, sent her the number. Here's Sister Jackie's number, uh, Sister Connie's number. And then when Sister Connie, I thought, I said, you know, let me call her as well, because I talked to her last week, and she said she had fallen and she wasn't here. So let me also call, because I called her last week and checked on her. She said she was doing better. But then she wasn't sounding well. And then I got another text later from her saying, I'm at the hospital. And then Sister Jackie came in and said, you know, she has locked y'all. She had mentioned in the text to me. 
And I thought, you know, that's the work of the church. When you think about it, so that when a member touches another member or another person, it's representing the body of Christ. So when y'all go visit and the person says, well, we're the pastor. I'm representing the pastor and the church. That's what you can tell people. No, no, you just that important because when you go, you represent the body of Christ. And when you look at ministry, that's what it's all about. People are going to be surprised when they get to heaven to realize that when they were doing a work for the Lord that nobody saw, the reward that they're going to get for being faithful. And they said, I get this for just doing that? Absolutely. Because you're working as unto the Lord. I have to go on. Point number two. Stephen, the deacon, a great man of God. Stephen the deacon, a great man of God. When people want the signs of ministry to flow out of their lives, but don't want to do that which is required to have the anointing flow through their lives, then it shows that then it shows that that person wants to be seen rather than Christ being seen. Let me say it again. When people want the signs of ministry to flow out of their lives but don't want to do that which is required to have the anointing flow through their lives, then it shows that that person really wants to be seen themselves rather than Christ being seen. To be used by God requires that you are in prayer and in his presence. If you don't have your own quiet time and space with the Lord, you're going to be in a world of trouble. And you will begin to think that you are the one to be seen in ministry. Stephen was chosen because of what he had done ahead of time. Get that. It's because of what he had already took, did ahead of time. It wasn't a matter of him being chosen because everyone who wanted to wanted that position just raised their hands and he was that one that got chosen, like on let's make a deal. Ooh, 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 choose me. It wasn't like that. His life had been observed ahead of time and he was then chosen. His being chosen was because he set himself aside and so distinguished himself among the people that everyone was approving of his serving. God used him not only in the performing of the miracles, but also in the preaching of the word of God that we will begin to look at next time. The opposition that rose from Stephen was from a group of slaves that had been freed by Rome called the freedmen. When a person, Jewish person, wanted to start a synagogue or to start a synagogue, it required at least 10 Jewish adult males. 10 males could start a synagogue. I don't have all the details of the freedmen, but evidently they had been freed by Rome and they started a church, a synagogue I should say. And this is where the opposition arises from in regards to Stephen. Why is Stephen 
been introduced here because Stephen is going to become the first martyr. The first person to die for their faith. Clearly, these freedmen were not followers of Jesus Christ as they are arguing with Stephen. And we already know, already know that the criteria for his life was that he was full of the Holy Spirit. As they are not able to win the argument about whatever they may, must have been arguing about about the Lord, they turn to life. Do you not know if a person can't win an argument, they're going to get upset with you. They're going to get mad at you. They're going to try to get you. Put the word on them, they'll get upset. I remember years ago, I was, in, I was a teenager. I don't remember how old. I ain't going to get a person's name either. There was another person, if I gave her name, you would know who it was, sitting right there. And it was a nice night. We were down right across from Hayden's. And we was talking about the Lord. And this person was coming to all these claims and saying this stuff, and I think she might have been good. Gypsy, go there. But as we're talking, I was just, and the Lord was just giving me words to say. And this other person was sitting on the steps, just, just listening. <laughs> Lo and behold, this person said, get out of here. You just like your daddy <laughs> preaching. <laughs> she got angry. And when she got angry, she even came at me and almost got hit by a car. Right then. And the person sitting on the step go, ooh, like, but leave him alone. <laughs> Years later, when that person that was sitting there, when I recall, she said, I remember. <laughs> she said, I remember. That person got upset. And we had, must have been talking almost 30 minutes. And she was arguing. Oh, she got, but she got upset. And you know, when that car almost hit her, I was like, I'm leaving. <laughs> so I'm going to bathroom. <laughs> you know, better be careful though. <laughs> and I left there actually rejoicing and Lord, thank you that I was able to give the word and didn't have to get upset. It was the word and this person got upset. Do you not know when you present the word of God, people will get upset and turn to lies? That's what happened with Stephen. They couldn't stand up against him because of the Holy Spirit. When you are preaching the word of God and giving the word, do you not know it's the Lord Jesus Christ himself, the Holy Spirit who is working through you? Do you not know you've got power in your life when you represent God? Him, when you represent God? That's why you don't have to worry about, the Bible says, what you're going to say. If you're in the word, God will bring it back to you. He will give you things to say just for what that person needs. It's the Lord working. They got upset with him. And then the lie started. The lie started to the point to where they began to, later on, you see, gnash their teeth, and it wasn't because they were smiling at him. 
Today in the world, people don't like Christians because you stand against what they do. You stand against their lifestyle. You stand against them what they're for. And as a result of that, they are upset with the church that represents Jesus Christ. Oh, they will accept other churches and religions because they'll just say, oh, there's many ways to the Lord. There's so many things we can just accept. No, there is a standard that God calls his church to. And it is a standard of holiness. And anytime you begin to preach about holiness, it's going to ruffle some feathers. Stephen ruffled some feathers. People got upset. If you're standing for the Lord, people won't get mad at you. If you're not, they'll just come on in and go with us. <laughs> but begin to live holy and begin to watch those people that say are friends begin to kind of fall off. And look at what God will begin to do in your life. As we bring this to a conclusion for the day, continue next time. Stephen, a man full of holiness, full of the Holy Spirit, was a great man of God. And once again, we see that it's the Sanhedrin that begins to lead the charge against the man of God. The first deacon introduced, the deacons, I should say, we look at the laying on of hands. Church, there's every, everyone that's a born-again Christian has a gift. If you are not operating in your gift, in your calling, somebody's having to try to pick up the slack. If you are not operating in your calling, somebody's got to try to pick up the slack. God's got a calling on everyone's life. I am amazed as we come to a close. I am just amazed how God will just equip and bless and do a work in people's lives that are willing to surrender to him. It is absolutely amazing. Things that you would never think you could actually do. Like, I'm just amazed how the door... Do you not know... Think about this. as we, God has already orchestrated all the steps that you can't see down the road where the enemy is trying to throw you off course. And then he takes those, those snafus that the enemy throws and those evil things he plans. And then he says, okay, I've already made a way for that person to navigate that. I've already created something to get them through this here. And, and then I, I, he, he's already created the way. He says, now just walk with me and walk in the calling that I've called you to. Everybody has a gift. Are you operating within your gift? Stephen was, but you know what? He did some work ahead of time. He spent time in the very presence of the Lord and stood out as a result. You want to stand out for the Lord? Begin to be faithful into what he's called you to do. And do it with all your heart. Jackie, if nobody want to dance with you, you dance for your, you dance yourself. You just go ahead and do what God's called you to do. And watch and see what God will do. Others may, it'll, 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 it'll don't worry, just, yeah. just yeah. go ahead and do it.
and watch what God will do for your faithfulness. Bow your head. We have communion today. Bow your head if you would. Today, Lord, in this place, we want to thank you for allowing the ears to be open. And even those who had their eyes closed and were sleeping, we're praying today that you will allow the word to have spoken to them, to speak to them. Our prayer today is that people will hear the word of God and then do the word of God. We love you. We honor you. And we pray that we will carry it forth according to what you've called us to do. Today, Lord, we thank you for Stephen, and we thank you that he was willing to be used by God as well as the other seven. Thank you that the apostles wouldn't compromise, even though <clears throat> there were problems. They said, what do we need to do to correct it? We thank you today that you've given solutions. And thank you, Lord, today that you don't even hide the faults and problems that even happen in the church but you bring them out so that we are able to, Lord, learn and to be able to go through it and go through the word of God and to be able to be able to succeed, to be able to prosper in the Lord. We love you. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.